Oh boy, this one might get me in trouble. If you didn't read the title of the episode, Explicit Content Ahead. Welcome to the Just Dumb Enough Podcast, a show that acknowledges no one is always an expert by dispelling misconceptions with real experts. I'm your host as always, Colton Petrie. My guest today is Liv LaRue. Madame LaRue has been a practicing courtesan for the last 10 years, as well as a guide to new escorts in her area. For those unfamiliar with the words courtesan or escort, they are terms referring to sex workers, more commonly called prostitutes. Although looking at the dictionary definition, I personally think the coolest term is paramour. This is one of those jobs that doesn't seem to get any educational content in the public eye, and it's considered one of the oldest professions, but to date is only legal in a couple of places around the world. So I've got us this passionate expert today to educate the rest of us on the ins and outs, ups and downs, and deeper details. Let's learn why sex work is real work. Welcome to the show, Liv LaRue. Hi, Colton. It's my pleasure to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Why don't you give a brief introduction for everyone listening? I would love to. Thank you. My name is Olivia LaRue, and I am a practicing courtesan in Reno, Nevada. I'm also a madam. Um, I'm also an agent to other girls who are escorts or sex workers in the area and outside of the area. Nice. And how long have you been doing this for? I've been a professional sex worker for the last 10 years. And what got you into this? Like, what got you started in the field? Honestly, I feel like it is a spiritual calling. I've always been interested in sex work ever since I was a young girl. And I tried to do conventional careers before. I was a chef for 20 years. And one day I just had a moment of clarity and I decided that was the day. And I started my new life as a courtesan and it feels like there is a like there's always been a public perception of it which kind of had a heavy stigma it feels like things are changing over these last couple years where you know people are saying things like sex work is real work do you see that or are you still kind of seeing a lot of stigma the stigma is still there but i do see a see change in the way people accept sex work. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the up and coming generation and the millennial generation as well. I think it has a lot to do with um, visibility. It's more acceptable to have an OnlyFans page or to be a cam artist or to have a sugar daddy than it used to be. And people didn't even know what those things were or they didn't exist, you know, five, 10, 15 years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you still see a lot of like misconceptions when you tell people like, yeah, I'm a courtesan? Are there a lot of people that like just have a misconception about what you do? Um, I wouldn't say a lot. There are people who still have those opinions and I don't think those will ever go away. But most of the time when I talk to people about what I'm doing, they're very interested and curious Um, And they ask me a million questions, especially when I'm like on a plane and I talk to whoever's sitting next to me, 
usually we talk for hours about it and they just have all these questions for me. Yeah, I think it, it certainly seems like one of those we don't hear about very often. So you're like, oh, wow, like, is it okay if I ask things? And you're like, sure, I guess. <laughs> Definitely. And I love to take the opportunity to educate and advocate. Yeah. So you're located in Nevada, correct? That's right. And how long has this been legal in Nevada? Because I know we all kind of hear stories about it, but how long has it been going on? I don't know how long it's been legal in Nevada. I can look it up for you if you like. <laughs> That's all right. I can I'll plug look it, it up. in. <laughs> Let's see what Google has to say about it. How long has prostitution been legal in Nevada? Brothels have existed in Nevada since the old mining days of the 1800s and were first licensed in 1971. Interesting. There you okay. go. So do you have any kind of idea as to why this hasn't spread to, le you know, legally to more areas? I think it has a lot to do with the religious reasons. Um, it's harder to legalize something that's illegal. I know, like, look how long it's taken to legalize marijuana, right? And there's a lot more people that want marijuana legal than people who want prostitution legal, I would think. And there's a lot more money to be made for the states. So I think it has to do with money, religion, and why fix it if it ain't broken mentality. Yeah, it seems like one of those, I remember hearing a story where they were like, oh, this specific area of Australia has legalized prostitution. People are like, oh, what a good idea to like legalize, regulate, you know, have like a system for this so that it's not, you know, everyone has access and it's not dangerous. And people were like, you know, we have legalized like one area in the U.S. too. And people are like, wait, really? <laughs> Yep. And really, um, in Nevada, it's not legal inside of certain city limits. It's only legal outside of the city limits. So in the county that I'm in, there's no brothels. But right past the county line, there's like four or five or six, depending on which county line you're on. And it's the same in Las Vegas. There's no brothels in Las Vegas. But once you pass the Clark County line, there's lots of brothels. Gotcha. So it's one of those like, hey, you can't expand your county lines because we're doing things on the other side of. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. So mm -hmm. how does someone go about procuring your services? Like, what's the process? Okay. Well, usually people run across my ad. There's escort ad sites out there that escorts will advertise on. And uh, clients will find me on those sites usually, and then they'll send me a text. And then I need to do some screening. Like one out of 10 texts that I receive actually ends up with an appointment with somebody. Uh, there's a lot of people that we call time wasters out there, and they just want to text somebody. And they know that an escort will text them back, you know, for a few minutes at least. Yeah. So um, if you want to make an appointment with an escort, you should come prepared with some information that they will be asking you. And one of those things is for screening. And you will sound ignorant if you don't know what it means. On my website, there's an explanation of, of all this if you're interested and you can check it out. 
But basically, escorts want to know if you're safe and they want to know that you're serious. And so when they ask for screening, some of the things that you can supply are references from other escorts or if you write reviews on these escort sites, there's if, if you write a review on an escort site and the escort that you saw replies to your review saying that she saw you, well, that shows that you're serious and you're probably going to show up. Okay, so say you're new to this and you don't have those things. I get that a lot. I will take a LinkedIn. A LinkedIn showing me that you have a job and your name. That's a pretty good form of screening. People don't want to supply that to me, though, because it has their real name or their job or whatever. They're paranoid. Fine. So now it gets to be a little more tricky because they're not coming forth with information. I have nothing to trust them on. I've had I've done this for 10 years. I've had a lot of people waste my time and I've had a lot of people try to trick me. And there's people out here. There's people everywhere that will try to trick escorts just for fun, I guess. I'm not sure why. It's fun for them, but they will. They'll see how far they can get to see if the escort will actually show up um, at a place that doesn't exist or at, there's nobody there when they get there. And I find that to be very juvenile and disrespectful, but it happens all the time. So, so say you're a new hobbyist. A hobbyist is what we call clients. Say you're a new hobbyist and you don't have any screening and you don't want to give me your name and you don't want to give me your ID well, then I'm going to ask for a deposit because I need you to have a little bit of skin in the game. Now that comes, you know, a lot of people don't want to give money to strangers. I get it. And there's a lot of people in my side, a lot of escorts that will scam and they'll say, yeah, send me a deposit and then they'll never show up. I don't do that. Obviously, I have five stars on all the review boards and you can go on my website and read my testimonials. If I scam people, I wouldn't be in business. But I understand if people don't trust, I get it. But it, trust works both ways. You know, I need to trust you. You need to trust me if we're going to be alone together in a room doing adult things. Like trust needs to be part of that equation. So it gets a little tricky. And <sighs> some people are dead set on meeting me. They will not supply me with any screening. They will not give me any deposit. And if I'm in a good mood... I'll say, okay, then let's do a virtual call and we'll see each other face to face. And then I'll make my judgment based on that. I can't speak for other escorts. Other escorts have different ways of screening. I know a lot of them are much more strict and I know a lot of them are much more lenient. There's websites that will pre-screen clients for you. And if you join that website, then that's like an automatic, like if you say you're a member of this website, then I will like automatically see you because it's so hard to become a member of that website. And that website is, if you want to know, you can get a hold of me and I'll let you know. There you go. <laughs> so yeah, it's just a matter of like, you know, you need to be serious about this. Don't come at it very half-heartedly. Be prepared to, you know, have a business transaction because that's what you're doing. It's like, you need to be ready for this. Don't show up half-hearted. Don't show up, you know, like unsure about yourself. Like, just be ready. Well, that, yeah, that goes both ways. That goes for the providers and for the hobbyists. Like, be ready. Show up all the way. If you want to be successful, that is. <laughs> sure. 
are there certain services like when you put yourself out there, you're like, hey, this is, you know, my ad, my page, whatever it is. Is there like a list of things that you're like, I do these, I don't do these? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Most escorts have a yes and a no list. And we use code words and acronyms. Because if you say certain phrases, it kind of, it, it triggers entrapment, you know? So like, for example, Colton, if you texted me and you said, how much would it cost for me to come over for an hour and you do X, Y, Z sex act. Now you've entered entrapment and I'm not going to respond to you because I'm not going to answer that question because prostitution is illegal. Me answering that question would basically set myself up to say I'm going to do something illegal. So that's why we use code words and acronyms. And you can go on Urban Dictionary and find out what they mean if you see someone with a lot of acronyms. But yes, my my no list is pretty short because I am a GFE provider, girlfriend experience provider. Interesting. So is there like a proper etiquette, say like, you know, I send you a text, we have set up a meeting, we are, we are states apart, but say I, I was there, we send a text, set up a meeting. Um, is there a proper etiquette, like, from minute one, when I show up, should I, like, I, I don't know, have, like, my, I don't even know, what am I supposed to do, like, minute one? Sure. Well, um, I'm going to back you up. That's a good question. I'm going to back it up just a little. The proper etiquette when you send that first text is really important. Um, something, my pet peeve is when it's obvious that you're sending the same text to like 20 different escorts and you like, hey, baby, you available? It's like, can you put some thought into it, dude? We're a person and we deserve respect. So, you know, you could call us by name. That would be a good start. Um, you know, and, and then... <laughs> The next text is usually, you got any pics? Um, yeah, they're on my website and they're on my ad. I'm not going to send you pics of me. Like you're just scamming me for pictures. So the correct etiquette to even make an appointment would be like, use my name. Hi, Olivia. And then give me your name. This is Colton. I saw your ad on what website you saw my ad on because I want to know where my return on my investment is because it costs money to advertise. Hi, Olivia. This is Colton. I saw you on Eros.com. I would like to make an appointment in the future, not right now. I'm busy. You know what I mean? Like, I hate it when they're like, I need you ASAP for a quick visit. How much? I have a hundred bucks. It's like, <sighs> no. So be respectful know my donations, understand that I'm a busy woman and you need to plan. Hi, Olivia. This is Colton. I saw your ad on Eros.com. I will be in town on Thursday. Do you have time in the evening for a one-hour appointment? That's a great way to start. And I would say, what's your screening? Oh, my screening. Here's my handle on the, on the escort name. Or here's my LinkedIn. Or I have my ID. I'll send you a picture of my ID. Those are all great. Um, and then we show up. You got to decide if you want to come to me or if I go to you. If you want to come to me at my location, that's called an in call. If you want me to go to you at your location, that's called an out call. So you would say, I'm going to be at the Peppermill Casino. You do out calls at Peppermill Casino. Yeah. 
Okay, so we decide where it's going to be, when it's going to be, blah, 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 blah. We show up. Have something on. Don't answer the door naked. That's, like, shocking, right? If you're coming to me, I'm sure that would be different. If you're coming to me and I answer the door in my lingerie and stuff, that's different. But when I open the door to your hotel room, I I want to see you with some clothes on. Just, yeah, okay. And smell good and be clean. These things are kind of obvious, but it's amazing how many people don't do them. Brush your teeth. Personally, me, personally, I don't like to be greeted with, like, getting some stranger's tongue stuck down my throat instantly. You know, I like a a little warm-up, a little conversation. That's just me. Maybe I'm old-fashioned. Um, it it's great if they have some water available, you know, we're going to do stuff. It's going to make us thirsty, right? So have some drinks available. You know, I love it when clients are like, what kind of snacks do you want? What kind of drinks do you want? I love that. It's like, they want to take care of me, you know, even though I'm going to turn it down because I don't eat while I'm working and I don't drink, but I like, it's nice, you know? So that's all some etiquette stuff. And it seems like it's kind of common sense, you know, like what would you do if you were having a date with a a woman that you weren't paying for? But apparently it's not common sense and people need to be told. Well, that was my old fashioned as I was like, okay, so like, what's the first thing I do? I was like, do I show up with flowers? That was my first question. I'm like, that is probably not the correct uh, first step, but... That's nice. I love that. It doesn't happen often enough. Flowers are great. Flowers, chocolate, you know, that that's great. Mm-hmm. We're, we're women. We like pretty things, you know, whatever you want to do to warm us up. Yeah. And I think that's a great way, like you described it, you know, treat it like it's a normal date. Like, yes, Hello. you know, we have had some pre-discussion, but a lot of people like before you go on a date, have some discussion about like, you know, how do you feel about this date and what are you into? And, you know, like a normal conversation goes like that. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It's like, have some consideration and don't be so entitled. Like, you know, if you were going on a normal date with someone, you'd want to impress them. Right. And even though in the back of your mind, you're hoping you're going to get laid and everything you're doing is kind of like to make that happen, like treat this like that. (laughs) Even though you know you're probably going to get laid, have some consideration and don't be so entitled. Like, impress me. Then I'll want to see you again. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good way to think about it. So are there some like, you know, best or worst parts of this job where you're like, this is the absolute highlight. Like I, you know, it's the thing I enjoy most about my job. Definitely. Yeah. The, the, the highlights are, um, well, there's lots of highlights. There's lots of highlights on different levels, you know. Um, when I get to travel and go to awesome events and just live the high life and get paid to have massages and get paid to sit by the pool and and be treated like royalty, that's a highlight, you know, but that doesn't happen every day. So the day-to-day highlight is just getting to lay around in bed with a client and snuggle and just laugh and talk and have a good time. That is a highlight. And then um, the worst parts would be when people are rude, when people treat me like I'm an object. Um, The worst part 
is sometimes it doesn't even happen with a person in person. You know, like I was talking about only one out of 10 people who text me, I see. The worst part is getting dick pics on my phone. The worst part is when I'm with my kids on a Saturday at the football game and they're using my phone to look something up and a dick pic comes through. You know, that's like really embarrassing and rude and I don't like it, but that's the worst part of the job. Um, the worst part is just having people text me nasty things because my number's on the internet, so they feel like they can just text me whatever nasty thing they want. That's pretty bad. Um, the worst part in person with people is having to teach them about boundaries and what um, constitutes abuse. You know, like, let's have a discussion. You hitting me is abuse. And... It, and it's actually a crime. You know, it's not hot. If you wanted to spank me, you should have talked about that beforehand. Let's have a discussion about consent. You know, that's not sexy. But apparently it needs to happen sometimes. So it's just, you know, every job has its ups and downs. When I was a chef, I loved doing those, like, high stress, high pressure, like, big, fancy uh, events. You know, I love that. That was the best part of my job. And the worst part of my job was sticking my hand down the floor drain to clean out the gook that gets stuck in the floor and the water is three inches deep. You know, every job has its ups and downs. Yeah, of course. And it kind of like, that would be very a concerning aspect for me when I'm like, oh man, like you're meeting a stranger, this, you know, essentially one-on-one -on -one if they are, you know, like dangerous or unhinged or, you know, like they have some, you know, like you said, they want to treat you like an object and have no sense of boundary. Like that seems, you know, especially scary to me even. Yeah. And it's traumatizing. And there's lots of jobs where you, it's consensual trauma, you know, like cops, firemen emergency room personnel that's consensual trauma you're signing up to be traumatized well so is sex work you're signing up to be traumatized it is what it is and you had mentioned you know like i, I think this is one of those where people are like oh they do sex work they must not have a normal life <laughs> and you were like i have a normal life like i have kids i assume you have a partner at least at some point in time have before like you have a normal life outside of your job. I am a very busy MILF. Yeah, I have kids. I have a polyamorous relationship. I have two husbands. I'm very active in my community. I'm very active in recovery. Uh, I do a lot of service work. Um, I have other businesses. I know it. Your your guests can't or your listeners can't see. But on this Zoom, it's my other business name. You know, I have like two other, three other businesses. <laughs> like, I'm super busy, man. You know, and not all sex workers are like that. I know there's escorts that just sit around and wait for the phone to ring so that they can make that money. And But that's not me. And that's not who my clients want me to be. So yeah. everybody's different. Sure. And you're like you said, you're like, I don't like to just sit around like, I want to be busy. I want to be able to do something that I can at least say, like, this is my own. Oh, yeah, totally. So how busy is your average day? Like, or I guess the average day, if you're saying like the normal 
escort sees, you know, one person a day, two people a day? Like, what's the normal number? Okay, good question. When I was new, I was much busier than I am now in sex work. Um, And that's for a couple of reasons. Clients like new, they want the new hot girl, right? Um, When I was new, I was seeing three to five a day. And that's a lot. Uh, But I had the energy for it. Now I see one or two a week. And that's all I have the energy for. But those clients have been with me for like eight years, right? I um is that what was your is that your question? Yeah, I mean Sorry. That's, well and there's something interesting there that you're like, I've had the same client for eight years. Like that is quite a return customer, I would say. Yeah, that's what I'm focusing on. I want my customers to come back, the ones that I like, you know, the ones that I don't like, I don't want them to come back. <laughs> right. <laughs> You're like, and you have the liberty to choose that. You're like, I'm never seeing that person again. Absolutely. And in the beginning, it's fun. You know, I mean, not that it's not fun now, but in the beginning, there's like this rush. I always tell girls, I'm like, you will know after your first client, if this is for you or not, you're going to get that money and you're going to be like, hell yeah. Or you're going to be like, hell no. And there's really no in-between, you know, you're either like all about it or you're not all about it. And when you're all about it, you're all about it. You're like, yeah, I want to make that money. And we call it stacking up the cash, right? Like I want to stack up the cash, go for it, do it while you have the energy. And that's how you're going to meet these clients that are going to stay with you for eight years. That's why I say provide the girlfriend experience because I'm their girlfriend. And yeah, maybe we only see each other once a month, but like I'm still their girlfriend and that's that's how I like to roll these days. I like to meet people that I would see on a regular basis. You know, there's the ones that come in from out of town and I only see them once or once a year or whatever. And that's fine too. But I'm not doing that high volume turnover. Of course, my prices reflect that. Like the lower your domination, the more you're going to see. Sure. That makes is, sense. Is there like a... I don't know. Like you said, you kind of help new girls get into this. Is there usually you tell them like, Hey, this is a good donation point, like start here. Mm-hmm. And then as you, you know, you gain experience, you gain clients, whatever, like work up from there. Yeah, definitely. For sure. With all my new mentees, I start them at a lower donation than what I think they deserve. Just so they can start getting those clients and get reviews. It's really important to have reviews. Just like I need screening, like the hobbyists want to see escorts that have reviews. They're not just gonna try some random girl that has no reviews, you know? Doesn't make sense. Yeah, where they're like, oh, I don't see any reviews and you you know, want me to, to give you a $200 deposit. Like, I uh, don't. I don't think this sounds like a good idea. <laughs> Bingo. Yeah. Well, luckily the girls that work for me, you know, I have like this whole client base that I can pick from and I can say, Oh yeah, you know, Jim would love you and he'll write you a great review. And that's why I start their prices a little lower. Plus they need to learn how to do it. Like it's not as easy as it sounds, you know, sex work is work. 
you have to be able to kind of zig and zag in the moment and be able to talk about whatever the client wants to talk about and be able to do different things and be good at it. And there's a learning curve. For sure. Is there, <laughs> and I don't know if this is rude, please tell me to just shut up, but <laughs> is there like a number? Because I try and picture it in my head where I'm like, oh, what is like, what is the average number? And I have zero measure where I'm like, that's why I guessed. I was like, I don't know, two, $200 deposit and then, you know, whatever up front. Is there like a normal where you're like, this is the hourly, you know, donation rate? Sure. Yeah. That's a good question. That's not rude. It varies by location. Okay. So um, I'm in Reno. I see a lot of the new girls, they start their prices at 300 an hour, but the ones that want to turn tricks, they're down at 200 an hour. Mm, no comment. I have no opinion. Mine is 500 an hour right now, but I'm not trying to turn tricks either. And it goes up from there. That's like my daytime. Yeah. Um, but then in other parts of the country, it's totally different. Like if you go to Silicon Valley or the Bay Area or LA, you know, it could be double that. In Vegas, it's double that. Um, Seattle, New York, Washington, D.C., these places, they're more expensive. But if you're in, like, say, Omaha, Nebraska, it might be lower because the stand the cost of living is lower and the standard, uh, not the standard, one of my minimum wage, all that stuff is lower. So your donation is going to be lower because people don't have the money. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like it reflects the area around you. If you live in a very rich area, expect very rich prices. And if you live in a, yeah. you know one of the, like you said, a lower cost of living area, expect lower prices. Exactly. Because it would be out of sorts to be like, yeah, I have LA prices in Omaha, Nebraska. I mean, girls do it. They, they try to, at least I've seen it. You know, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. And when I go back to Ohio, I'll put my ads up just to see if I can make some money. And I'm like, oh, wow, my prices are like way too high. I have to lower them. And then it's a whole mind game, right? Because I've built this whole mental thing about like, there's no way I can do this for anything less. And so I have to kind of scrape that back and say, okay, well, I'm in Ohio, so I can do it for a little bit less, I guess, maybe. <laughs> yeah. You're like, okay, if I adjust, like I have to adjust some thinking to make this work for me, but maybe I can make it work. Maybe. If they're really nice, we'll see. <laughs> gotcha. And is this, you know, because like a lot of other service industry jobs, like I will say a tattoo artist, right? Has an hourly rate that like I have tattoos. I have gotten hourly rates from tattoo artists. And when I'm done, I still tip them. Is that mm. a common practice in this field? Yeah, I wish tipping was more common. Um, your more established hobbyists that know the game, so to speak, they will tip. Most people don't tip. I'm going to say one out of 10, again, 10% will tip. Interesting. Yeah, it just goes back to that, like, that etiquette where you're like, if you want to be a, a good hobbyist, like, then yes. But, mm -hmm. you know, if not, then I guess that's your decision. <laughs> yeah. Or people that haggle, it's like, 
going the other way, like people that are trying to negotiate, I'm like, really? I had this person just the other day. And, uh, hey, do you have any discounts? Because on my ad, I say I offer discounts for veterans, firemen, and cops, and first responders. What's your discount? And I told him, oh, well, can I see you on Sunday night? That's family time. Uh, are you a clock watcher? Okay. You asked for a discount. You want to see me during my family time. And now you're asking me if I'll stay later than what we are already arranged. Hello. No, that's rude. And I don't want to see you. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Is there kind of like, I mean, obviously like bad clients aside, but is there like a general advice you give to maybe even anyone out there that's listening now and says like, Oh, I, I kind of want to get into this, this work. Is there a general advice you would give them? Yeah. Uh, my, my general voice advice is do your research. Uh, don't be desperate. When you make decisions out of desperation, you put yourself into dangerous situations and um, don't count the money till it's in your hand. Don't start thinking, oh, this guy's going to give me this and I'm going to pay this and then because then what happens when he cancels? Now you're mad. So don't don't get emotionally attached. This is all about the art of seduction. This is all about a fantasy. Yes, you want the man you're with to think you're in love with him and that you love everything he says and he's the funniest man alive and all that stuff. That's part of your job. It's called acting, darling. And so it's not, you don't really fall in love with that. Okay. Like, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. If you're the type of girl that can't have sex with someone without being in love with them, then this is not the job for you. Yeah, that's a very good point. And I know it's probably extremely rare and doesn't operate quite the same but do you ever see men in the same field where they're successfully doing this for any long period of time that's a good point because i've been using the female and there are men in this industry yeah there's straight escorts and there's gay escorts and there's swinging both ways escorts that are men i don't see them a lot but i'm sure in the larger metropolis areas they're more popular you know in Reno, Nevada, mm, I don't see it a lot, but maybe I'm just not looking in the right spots. No, I mean, it seems like one of those things where, you know, I'm sure a lot of guys are like, oh, I'd love to do this job. <laughs> and you're like, listen, it's going to be a lot harder for you because this is like a, you make up, you know, five to 2% of the population in this field. So relax. I feel like men have a fantasy around it because I have that conversation a lot with guys and they say, oh, I would love to be a male escort. And I'm like, well, uh, okay, here, let's play a game. The next five women that you see, you're going to have to fuck them. Tell me how much you want to be a male escort after that. Because that's exactly how it is with us. It's like not every dude that walks through our door is like handsome, charming, rich, tall, and all that. You know, they're usually average. Sometimes they're on the outskirts of average. 
Yeah. And that's what it is. You have to get past that. You have to um, meet your clients with this unconditional love and acceptance and find something about them that's attractive so that you can be this fantasy girl for them. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's good advice as well. So I, you know, I think people should just try that. You know, if you even have the slightest fantasy where you're like, oh, this could be a thing I could do. I would say just look at the next five people because you might get, you know, a series of different clients where it's like a man, a woman, whoever knows, like, <laughs> see where you set your boundaries. That might be a fun yeah. game to play on your, you know, walk to work or something. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's a good idea. <laughs> yeah. And I, I've appreciated your time. Is there like a hope you see going into the future for, you know, changes or regulation? Like, do you have a hope for what this field becomes moving forward? Yeah, I have a couple of hopes and dreams. I would like to be able to um, get some health insurance with this industry. You know, when I'm feeling really motivated, I'm like, oh, I'm going to start a, a sex worker union. It's like, jeez, oh, that sounds really hard. <laughs> um, it seems to be progressing pretty well. And I'm just happy to be part of it now how it is now. I don't think my imagination can come up with the ways it's going to evolve in the future. Because when I started, I didn't see how it is now. I couldn't envision that, you know. So I'm just going to remain open-minded and supportive. Yeah, I mean, remain hopeful. And and like I said, other areas are are starting to do this where they're like other developed countries are starting to regulate these things to be you know, normal work. And so like that is, I think I will hold that hope and, and see how everyone goes because I, I would much rather, I don't know if that's just my personality. I would much rather know like everyone's safe and taken care of and they're, you know, they have healthcare and everything else. So I'm like, let's just open the industry because I'm uncomfortable with this currently, but yeah, I feel you. Absolutely. And that is one thing about living in Nevada that's pretty cool because the brothels, I don't work at a brothel. I've never worked at a brothel, but I do know that they make their escorts like take health screenings every week and STD tests and go to the doctor and that all comes out of their pay, which is why they're so expensive. But at least they have standards. So that's nice. Yeah. Well, I've appreciated your time immensely. This has been so great. I was hoping to give some time if you want to tell people, you know, how to find you or where to find more from you. Oh, thank you, Colton. You can check out my website. It's www.livelarue.com. That's spelled L-I-V-L-A-R-U-E. I'm also on LinkedIn and I'm on YouTube and then you can always text me at 775-773-6393 and email me at olivialarue at protonmail.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time. Like I said, this has been great and I appreciate you, you know, answering all my questions. Oh, thank you. I loved your questions. You're very kind and gracious host. Do you feel more educated after listening to this episode of the Just Dumb Enough podcast? If you enjoyed the episode, please take a brief moment to rate the show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, or Audible. Pretty, pretty please, it really means so much to the show. 
If you really like what I'm doing, remember to subscribe for two new episodes every single week of the year, and check out the over 100 episode backlog. Let me know what you'd like to hear next by reaching out and emailing me, dumbenoughpodcast at gmail.com, or by sending a message to me on any of the show pages like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, or wherever else you find me. I'm always looking for new topics, guest ideas, and questions from the audience. The ranking update? Number one, the United States with Illinois, Oregon, and California as top states. Number two, the United Kingdom dominating its number two home. Number three, Australia with Victoria surging to the head. Number four, Canada with British Columbia growing its lead. And number five, India showing back up in the top five after some time away. That's it for today. Have a great week, and I'll see you all back here on Thursday. Bye bye